Yeah. Um, this is uh, chapter two of Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to start by reading our, um, our Bible verses from that. Uh, this is Matthew five thirteen through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give, give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And like you, I had heard this passage many times before, probably one of the most familiar, especially of what Jesus says to us. But as a teacher, I wanted to, to dig deeper. And so um, I thought about the light part first and some of the things that we know about light. If we didn't have light, there would be no life on earth because even in fourth grade, we talked about the fact that everything starts with plant life, you know, the whole life cycle. Um, and plants need light to live. So there would be no, um, no plant life, no oxygen. There would be no life on earth uh, without light. And I thought, too, about lighthouses. Um, maybe not used so much anymore, but in olden times, thinking about uh, ships at sea, really depending on that big beacon of light to guide them home. And, of course, that's a natural thing for me to think about, God's love for us, too, that he, he wants to shine a light for us so that we are kept in his, in his safety. Um, and the, I don't know how far those giant lights travel, but um, I know in olden times it often meant the, time, the difference between life and death. Uh, there is no darkness in a room if you have even one little point of light. And I know this from experience because when we travel, um, I know I'm going to have to get up in the middle of the night and go to the bathroom. That's because mm -hmm. I'm as old as I am, and I, it's a given. Mm -hmm. So I'm lying there in this strange room, and I'm going, oh, you know, I don't want to have to turn on a light. And as my eyes adjust, I find out there's all kinds of light in that room. There's light coming out from, uh, you know, under the door that leads to the hallway. And in one case, I'm looking up and I'm going, what is it? It was like a, a carbon monoxide or a, or a fire thing. And a tiny little light, but it was all I needed. So where there's even a point of light, there is no darkness. Um, and the earth itself is never in total darkness. We have the sun, we have the moon, we have the stars. God planned it very beautifully for us. Um, and we, you know, we don't probably appreciate how great a light that is because we have other light around us that kind of blocks that natural light. Um, but I, I will say that those stars, and I think I was reminded of this in a movie not that long ago, just how far away those stars are. Um, and, and in fact, some of those stars that we are seeing probably don't exist anymore. They burned out thousands and thousands of years ago, but the light being so powerful that it can penetrate and keep going. Um, many of those stars are at least 300 light years away, and I got kind of geeky on this part, so <laughs> forgive me. I, I read <laughs> um, in Universe Today an article by John Carl Villanueva, and I never really thought that much about a light year until I thought, well, it would be kind of fun to know. A light year is defined as the distance light can travel in a vacuum in one year's time, approximately 5,878,000,000 miles. 
That's one. And that's, that's a one. lot, but I'm not great with numbers. So then it, they said, well, the distance between the Earth and the Moon is about 238,857 miles. And then went on to say that if you, if you think about the Earth as the center of our universe and you go all the way to Pluto, that that is uh, 4,600,000,000 miles away. So a light year would be over a thousand times further yeah. than that. Wow. It's too much for my tiny brain to grasp, but just let's just say light is very powerful. And it's no wonder that uh, Jesus pointed to, to light and God in his wonderful creation um, has created this for us. So light is a very powerful force. And uh, according to BibleGateway.com, the word light is found 277 times in the Bible. And that's the English Standard Version. It's even mentioned more times if you go back to the King James. So it's important. It's an important word. So I didn't list all 277, but I did want to list some of them. Genesis 1-3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And thank you, God, for that. Psalms 18:28. For it is you who light my lamp. The Lord my God lightens my darkness. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? John, chapter 1, verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. John, again, chapter 1, verse 9. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. world. Uh, John eight twelve. again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And John chapter 12, verse 46, I have come into the wor- world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. And I'm just going to take a minute here for... Um, a little um, commercial here for the book of John. Um, whether you are new in your faith or whether you have been a believer for a very long time, I think this is just a very powerful book of the Bible because it covers just about everything um, when, with regards to Jesus. So um, my bias may be, but I think it's a wonderful, wonderful uh, book of the Bible. Ephesians 5.8. For at one time you were darkness... But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And another one of my very favorite books is 1 John. 1 John uh, chapter 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So whatever I read, wherever I found it, everything seemed to be pretty much on a positive note. And conversely, I looked up the word salt. So, uh, excuse me just a minute. The word salt is mentioned far fewer times. It's mentioned 43 times uh, in, the, uh, in the Bible. That's not only a big difference, but when I started reading those verses, I found out that there, there were a lot of different connotations. In fact, one is kind of brutal, but um, I decided to, um, to include it as well. But before that, I want to just talk about what I already knew about salt. 
and not referring to the name of a rock group, but Blood, Sweat, and Tears. <laughs> um, <Song>. Yeah, <laughs> all of those contain, you know, we know salty tears and, and our sweat. We know that, that that's salty. Um, obviously, our bodies need salt, and I should probably turn to you, but it's about a half of a percent, is it, of, of our body makeup is salt? Yeah. Okay, see, I knew you'd know. So um, anyway, um, it's important. If we didn't have salt, we'd be in trouble. And if we have too much salt, we're really in trouble, and that can kill us. Uh, salt will kill plants, and um, salt comes from deposits on, on the Earth's surface, underground sources, it can be found in seas and lakes and oceans. The oceans we know about, I think about the Great Salt Lake. Um, and when I talked about that with my fourth graders, it, 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 the other thing is how buoyant you are mm -hmm. in salt water. Um, it just, there, it, whenever you add salt to anything, it just makes it easier to float. And so I suppose that's a positive for non-swimmers. Um, but everything around that is, is dead. I mean, the fish can't live in that lake, nothing can live in it. And that happens to be so salty just because there's no outlet. Um, water goes in and the water evaporates, but there's, there's no circulation of the water in case you wanted to know. Okay. Um, there are different salts for different uses, including table salt, and here we have sea salt. Thank you very much. And uh, rock salt, which I grew up thinking was only for making homemade ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah. And then I moved up north and I found out that it was used for other things besides just that. And so we do know that it melts ice and, and helps with our snow removal. Uh, it keeps food from spoiling. And it was so valuable that uh, many, many, many years ago it was used as currency. Um, and probably in part because of the flavor, but probably more in part because it could uh, help preserve your food because there was no refrigeration. Uh, when I first think of salt, I do think of my kitchen and uh, my brisket, nor any of my other recipes would uh, taste nearly as appealing without salt. And I think that that's what this first verse from Job uh, refers to. Job chapter 6, verse 6. Can that which is tasteless be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the juice of the marrow? And let's look at some other scripture. Ezekiel forty-three twenty-four says, You shall present them before the Lord, and the priest shall sprinkle salt on them and offer them up as, burnt, as a burnt offering to the Lord. We know that salt enhances flavor. We know that salt helps preserve, but it was also a purifier, and that's why it was so important when they would sacrifice on, on, the, um, on the altars. Um, it, some historians say that um, there used to be a pile of salt right by the altar so that um, they could just sprinkle it on. So it was important to, as part of the covenant with God. Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Uh, I know we've all heard of salty language, and, and this, is not <laughs> this is not what God desires of us, is to use that kind of language. And I will be honest with you, 
that is something that I had to struggle with as I was growing uh, with the Lord because I think I used you know language that was not appropriate in an effort to fit in to wherever I was. So this one really speaks to me. Um, Paul is saying that it's um, in this passage to be honest, um, and also he says whatever we say or do, we should do it with love, and we should speak the truth. Um, and so that kind of eliminates gossip as well. Um, those are other things that besides just, you know, maybe unsavory language. Uh, it's perfectly okay to be bold with your speech, especially when we're talking about our faith, especially when we're talking about our faith. But whatever we say should be said without judgment um, and without condemnation because it's God's job to, to judge. It's not ours. Um, and of course, there's going to be times when there's disagreements. That's totally natural to be expected. But what the Lord is asking of us here is to speak to others with the spirit of love um, and truth, and not to add hate to a world. And I to the world. And I'm I'm thinking I couldn't help but think about what's going on on Facebook now and um, everywhere else. You know, there's just so much. There's so much defiance in, in what people are saying, and it's, you know, it's like I just go, oop, don't want to look at that. You know, I'm all about people's family photographs and seeing how the kids are growing, but I, I cannot and will not be involved in that. Okay, now, those were all very positive. Now we look at the other side, and it's a very negative connotation. Ezekiel 47, verse 11 says, but its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They are to be left for salt. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 23. The whole land burned out with brimstone and salt, nothing sown and nothing growing, where no plant can sprout and overthrow like that of Sodom and Gomorrah. Judges chapter 9, verse 45. This is, this is a hard one. <laughs> Abimelech? Yeah. And Abim no, I meant the, the verse. Oh. Yeah. But Abimelech, yes. <laughs> yeah, Abimelech. Now, we, I want you to understand that Abimelech is on the side of God before I read this because it's pretty, um, it's pretty violent. And Abimelech fought against the city all that day. He captured the city and killed the people who were in it. And he raised the city and sowed it with salt. That's about as much as you can do to a town, because once you sow it with salt, it's, it's dead forever. Nothing is ever going to grow there. And then Jeremiah, uh, chapter 17, verse 6. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. The salt that we use um, is a chemical compound, one of the few that I ever, NaCl, mm -hmm. uh, sodium chloride. Um, I never was very big in chemistry, but I remember that one. And if that salt lost its saltiness, there would be nothing left. So that's not really what they're talking about in this particular verse. Um, in commentaries by both Benson and Barnes, I learned that the salt in Eastern countries at that time was very different. Um, some of it was a vein in, the, in, in stone, almost like some of our minerals, like when you think about silver or, or other things. It would be this vein that was running through this rock. And as long as it stayed 
connected to that rock, it kept its saltiness. But once some of it broke off, and after time was you know, out in the elements and um, got rained on and the sun shone on it, it would lose its saltiness. Um, and that could be a whole lesson in itself, like the, the salt that stayed with the rock. Um, and I'm thinking uh, of our God, our great God. Um, at any rate, that, that's one kind. And then there's other salt that may have been obtained by the shores of uh, salty ponds or salty uh, oceans. Um, that would not be pure because no matter what you did to try and gather it, there would be some plant material or some earth that would probably be mixed with it. And when that would lose its saltiness, all you would have left was that material that you didn't want. Um, it couldn't be used for anything, and this was the part that I didn't understand. Once that was gone, it wasn't good for anything except to be used for pathways or roads. So when he says, it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. That's what the reference is. Um, and it's, it isn't good for anything else. So um, here is one last scripture for us, and this is from Mark 49:50. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves, and be at peace with each other. Now, I read this in my Bible, and this was the footnote, um, and this is the new international. But it's the NIV that's from the 80s. 84 version. <laughs> yeah, the 84 version. Um, it says, everyone will be salted with fire. How can you? And it says that Jesus used salt to illustrate these three qualities that should be found in his people, and I did list these for you. We should remember God's faithfulness just as salt when used with a sacrifice recalled God's covenant with his people, Leviticus 2.13. We should make a difference in the flavor of the world we live in, just as salt changes meat's flavor, Matthew 5.13. We should counteract the moral decay in society just as salt preserves food from decay. When we lose the desire to salt the earth with the love and message of God, we become useless to him. It's like, wow. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it, that's, that's what God expects of us. Um, he wants us to shine our lights out in our community and in our world, whether it's your neighbors or, or family, wherever it is, um, to be a model of that so that others, because I know the very first line, I'm, I'm stealing it, but the very first part of the lesson says, you may be the only Bible that people ever read. And they do look at us, and there's some expectations there. And we're not perfect. We're going to fall. But um, I, the message here, I think, is, is let's, you know, let's go forth. Let's, let's try to do what God wants us to do to be an example uh, that would please him. Uh, let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, um, thank you. Uh, for being with us this morning. Thank you for this wonderful group of women. Thank you for the lessons that you have for us um, in your word. And these sweet words were, came from your son, Jesus. Um, help us to take them to heart 
Help us to go out, Lord, and to, um, to show light. And um, may our language be the right kind of saltiness um, so that we can spread your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. Mm-hmm. We are going to look at